What's up, what's up, people? It's Vince Vega checking back in with another episode of My Life and My Words. It's just that, My Life and My Words, man. For the new listeners, uh, I like to talk about everyday struggles, uh, shit that I've been through. You know, I share some stories from the past, speak on a few things, and uh, current topics as well. A little bit of everything that everybody can relate to. But with that being said, I want to thank everybody that's been tuning in, checking out the episodes uh, showing love. I appreciate it. Um, I hope everybody's staying cool out there, man. It's hot as hell out here in California, man. We're looking, we're getting ready for a heat wave here. It's a uh, Labor Day weekend and we're going to be seeing uh triple digit weather for the next three days, three, four days, possibly some places it's already hit triple digits. So, uh, man, I hope y'all staying cool out there. Got your water, got your shade, got your cold beer, got your AC blowing, your fan blowing, uh, whatever you got, man. Walk, Go to a movie theater, go somewhere where it's cool and hang out, man. I remember when I was a kid, there was this liquor store down, uh, down the street from where I used to live, and it had a walk-in freezer. Uh, and we used to walk in there and hang out and shit as long as we could when it was hot as hell, man, just to cool off for a little bit. Oh, shit, that's that's the kind of weather we, we headed into here, man. It's that two-shower-a-day minimum weather, you know what I'm saying? Wash your ass, change your drawers twice a day with no delay, you know? But, uh, yeah, man, I'm we back in action with another episode. And uh, it's been, uh, I've been busy as hell. I've been busy as hell dealing with some stuff at work. Uh, just, you know, just regular life, life shit. But uh, I wanted to get on here. And uh, talk about some shit that I just went through recently, last week actually. It was Tuesday night going into Wednesday morning actually, around 1 o'clock, close to 2. And uh, I got a call from my boss. Uh, I was half asleep, half awake. You know how you hear something and you don't know if you're... You're kind of like in that in-between state where like you're half asleep and you think you hear something, but you think it's part of your dream, whatever. But in reality, it's fucking, it's something really going on. So you, <laughs> that's where I was at. And I realized that it was my phone vibrating. My work phone was vibrating. Somebody was calling me, calling me. So I looked over and it was my boss. And uh, you never want to get a call from your boss at two in the morning, at least not in the, in the field that I'm in. You know, I'm the safety manager for, for my company, for a part of my company. So when I seen him calling, I knew it was all bad. And uh, I picked up the phone and he said, uh, somebody at one of my jobs had fell off a scaffold and wasn't doing too good. He said, we need to go to, we need to, go to Palo Alto to the job site. Uh, that's a town out here in the Bay Area, right by uh, where Stanford, Stanford College is at. So uh, for me, where I live, it's about an hour and a half away. So by the time I got up and headed there, I mean, Really though, when I was getting up, I was a little out of it. You know, when you get woken up dead out of your sleep, man, you you're not functioning at a hundred percent, and I was definitely not functioning at a hundred percent. So <laughs> it took me a minute, you know, to to get my shit together, get my balance right, and everything, just shake it off, and just you know, wake up and and start thinking about what's really going on, you know, and hoping that that guy's gonna be okay. And, and, you know, I didn't know how how high he had fell from. I didn't know how serious his injuries were. All I knew was that we had to get there and see what the hell went on and talk to the crew and to find out what's going on, you know, and, and check on check on his status too, make sure he was fine, right? So I, I get up, I shake it off, I get my shit, 
brush my grill, wash my face, and, and I hit the road. About, uh, shit, maybe half an hour into, probably about a half an hour into driving, maybe even less. I get a call from my boss, and he tells me that the guy died. I was just like, fuck, are you serious? You know, my first reaction, that was my first response. Are you serious? He's like, yeah, he didn't make it. I said, no fucking way, dude. And I know the guy. I know the guy. So, you know, I was just like, what? Like, no, it wasn't. It. I was like, no. He said, yeah, he didn't make it. I, and it just, I was just like, fuck, fuck, fuck. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm driving. It's 2, 2.30 in the morning. It's fucking, you know, nighttime. Basically, nobody's on the road. And I'm just like, fuck. And... And, you know, I had to balance things out. He was like, hey, man, you know, get 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 your stuff together, you know, get your shit together, basically, because, you know, we got some shit on our hands here, you know. Um, get your emotions together, you know, basically put your big boy pants on, man, and uh, and get ready to go through some shit, you know. Me being the safety manager, you know, I had to balance that out. I had to balance my emotions with the professional side of things and, and focus on what was to come. You know, um, gathering information, we had to do an investigation, and of course, we had to deal with OSHA. So, luckily, my boss has a lot of experience in dealing with these situations. Me, myself, not at all. And I never want to have fucking experience uh, of dealing with the death of one of my coworkers. Um, yeah, it, it, it fucked me up. Before I even got there, he, he called me to tell me he didn't make it, and I was like, I knew he wouldn't joke like that, right? But your first reaction is like, yeah, right. You know, I, I, he, nobody would ever joke with, about somebody losing their life, right? So I just didn't know how to react, really. I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is fucking terrible, man. This is like, this is, this is the worst thing as a safety professional that you could deal with, right? For one. For two, I knew the guy. He was a cool dude. Chill guy, happy-go-lucky dude, somewhat of a new-age hippie. Just, he didn't bother nobody. He was never into any no problems, never argued. He got along with everybody. And I could honestly say, like, he was just a super, super chill dude, man. He, like, he was into sports. Um, he had these funny sideburns. He would always, you know, he would, he would, he would, uh... <laughs> He would line up his sideburns and stuff, kind of like old school pork chop style sideburns, and that was his thing, man. You know, uh, we talked about sports all the time. He was he liked to gamble online on sports, and uh, every time I seen him, he was just cool. Never seen him in a bad mood. Never seen him talking shit. Never seen him arguing. He would just do what he was told. Go go to work and handle his business, man. So the majority of the people that, like a higher-up management and stuff like that that we deal with, they didn't know who he was, you know. So for them, it was just like, oh, shit, you know, looks bad for the company type of thing, you know. But uh, so when I got to the job site, they're in a, it's in the office building. And so when I got there, the crew was in a room like in a conference room off to the side and everybody just has their head down. They're like in a, in a, in the middle of a moment of silence for Chris. The guy's name was Chris. Rest in peace to Chris. 
And I just walk into that and I'm just like, holy shit. This shit is real, you know? And you could see the guys' faces. Uh, the guys that knew him for a while, that had worked with him for a while, you could tell they were like, they were fucked up about it. Uh, they did, they looked, they looked fucking like they were going through it. And, uh, they actually found him on the, on the bottom, on the, on the ground level. Uh, and, uh, so a couple of guys actually were there right after he fell to see him and, and to try to, and the ones that actually that called 911 and stuff and to check his pulse. And they told him not to give him CPR because he, he was breathing very shallow. Uh, he did have a, like a light pulse. I mean, I may be saying it wrong, but, uh, he was alive. He didn't really have any cuts or anything on him. Uh, he had a couple like minor cuts on his forehead, maybe from hitting his head. He had a hard hat on. So I don't know. I may be saying too much, but this is the reality of shit. Uh, and 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 the police department, the fire department showed up and they took him away. And uh, I don't know if he died either on the way or in the hospital, but he died pretty fast. So the coworkers that helped him out and that seen him, they were pretty shooken up about the shit. And here I am walking into the middle of them having a moment of silence. And my boss is there in the middle talking to people, just letting them know that we're here to support them. Um, it's not easy. If you, if you, However you feel, it's okay to feel that way. As men, you don't have to hide your feelings and just know that we know we have, we're going to provide, you know, uh, like, therapist and and we have we have uh things in place and people in place to help you guys out with this uh try to get through this and de dealing with this you know the grieving process of losing a co-worker especially for those that knew him for a while some guys that were there hadn't been on the job that long so they didn't really know chris like that they didn't spend years working with him but there was a few guys there that have known chris for for years and always worked with him a lot, you know, so they had a good idea of who he was. Some guys carpooled with him, you know. Uh, so, so I start, so I have to deal with that. I'm dealing with that. And like I said before, luckily my boss has a lot of experience. Luckily for me, unfortunately, he's had to deal with a handful of deaths at, on, on a job site. Um, he's he, he's uh, very knowledgeable when it comes to dealing with OSHA. He knows exactly how things go, what's, what needs to be said, what shouldn't be said. He's familiar with the whole process of, of dealing with an OSHA investigation. So that was uh, Wednesday, right? Tuesday night going to Wednesday, 2 o'clock. Man, we were there all day. I didn't leave that place until like 2-something two two in the afternoon. OSHA showed up like at nine in the morning, finally, to do their investigation. And then turned into a bunch of bullshit because they didn't want to access the scaffold that uh, where the accident where the accident happened because it's, they said they need to see some engineer drawings and whatever the case may be. But come to find out the uh, the OSHA investigator, uh, she wasn't very uh, experienced herself. She was somewhat new and uh this may have been the first time she actually had to deal with the death. So um, my boss took advantage of that uh, right away. <laughs> um, 
just seeing that she was green to the situation and not didn't really have experience uh there was, she made some mistakes and and said some things and that she uh that she probably shouldn't have as far as like uh her not knowing exactly what she was supposed to do at the time so uh we're still in the process it's been a week over a week already and we're still in the process of them clearing the scaffold for investigation you know it's been a bunch of drama but besides all that man somebody lost their life at work Somebody didn't go home after work, you know, and uh, my boss had to call the next of kin. And it took us a while to find anybody to talk to because his uh, contact information, emergency contact information was was old and outdated. There was no number. He had a P.O. box. He didn't have a wife, a girlfriend. He didn't have any kids. He was actually taking care of his mother. Uh, I think she was sick. She was ill. And so he was her... Uh, her lifeline, basically, and he was the one that was taking care of her and taking her to her doctor's appointments, and I believe he moved in with her. So he that was his main focus, was just taking care of his mom. They took care of each other, basically. So by the time my boss finally called her, it was already the next day, later in the day, and uh, she was still waiting for him to come home. She had made his, fa- his favorite breakfast, and when my boss told her, you know, he had passed and wasn't going to be coming home, she, she wasn't fucking... Uh, she did not want to accept that. She did not to want to believe that was true. And she told my boss, I, I can't I can't accept that. You need to send my son home. Send my son home, Ray. I, I made his I made his favorite breakfast. I've been waiting for him all day. Um, I can't accept what you're telling me. You need to send my son home. You know? And when he told me that, I was just like, fuck, man. You know, this is the reality of shit. While everybody else is is handling and focused on the business side of things and how things look on paper and oh man we have a a recordable and this this and that my boss is stuck dealing with the personal side of things you know and he hated that he had to make the call when there was a lot of other people that could have got involved and taken over and made that call for him because he was dealing with other um he was dealing with everything else that came with the investigation. He was having to deal with a lot of stuff and he felt like he was kind of left alone, like HR or somebody else should have stepped in and like, he, why did he have to do this? But you know what? I'm glad he did it and he's glad he did it because now he's uh, he's been communicating with the mother somewhat just to keep a, a line of communication because um, he feels like, he feels bad because he, you know, the poor woman, who knows how she's getting to her doctor's appointments now. Uh, the family wasn't very close at all. The mother, he, the, yeah, he, she had a, uh, Chris had a father and a sister that he hadn't seen in years. The father and mother were uh, divorced. They hadn't seen each other in years. The daughter didn't even communicate with the other family members. So everything was, everybody was all estranged. Everybody was, uh, uh, they had not con- been in contact with each other for a, for a long time. So he did have friends. One of one of our guys on the crew had had uh been friends with Chris for about over 20 years. And he showed he showed us some old pictures of Chris and then when they were hiking and uh sometimes, you know, that week was crazy because when you get busy things are cool until you lay down, clear your mind. And all these thoughts and pictures and visions come to your head. And I, I got on the scaffold and I took pictures and tried to get an understanding of what happened. And uh, 
to try to see any kind of signs of anything, and there was nothing, man. We could only assume from what people had said where where he may may have or may not have fallen from. And so when we were going up on the scaffolds, you know, I took a bunch of pictures, and then I'm just wondering, like, damn, was he here? Was he there? How could he? And uh, so when you're alone, finally relaxing, laying down some time to think about things, that's when it hits you, and it's just like uh, these thoughts and these pictures of the scaffold and where the scaffold was at is in a smoke shaft, like an HVAC shaft, and it's uh, dark. It was dark in there, and uh, you had to have light lighting in there or, or a headlamp. And when I was in there, I had a headlamp on my on my hard hat. So when I was going in there, me and my coworker, we, me and one of my uh, uh, the scaffold supervisor got on the scaffold to inspect the scaffold. It was just kind of eerie, kind of weird to be in there, dark and with the light on and just trying to get an idea of what the fuck happened. So when I laid down later on that day, it just, uh, you start, I started seeing those pictures and trying to visualize what happened and just trying to, just thinking like, damn, this dude fucking died, man. You're not supposed to fucking die at work. Like, it's still unbelievable. Um, I've been distracted a lot with work, but sometimes when it, it just comes to mind and I'm just like, damn, man, this is fucked up, man. You know, this is really bad, man. Um, it's not. It's something that I never wanted to have to deal with in my line of work. Um, I dread accidents and people getting hurt as it is, but but never would I have wanted to have or even thought I would have be would I would be dealing with the death, a fatality. Um, it's a good, it's a it's it's a good, it's a good le- learning experience. I could say that, but I mean, fuck, I don't want to learn this way. I don't want to learn how to how to deal with OSHA, and how to, how to handle OSHA, how to handle a, an OSHA investigation this way. This is not how I want to gain experience from having a fucking deal with with a coworker dying but what a lot of people don't understand is that all these rules and regulations and laws and shit they're all written in blood they're all fucking written in blood man when it comes to osha all these regulations damn near are written in blood man because somebody has gotten hurt or lost their lives behind these things falls are the number one uh cause of deaths on construction sites the number one cause of deaths on construction sites are falls. People are falling from scaffolding, from ladders, from decks, you name it, all the fucking time, man. All over the world. At job sites all over the world. Last year, we had a guy at a job out in Georgia. Got impatient, didn't want to wait his turn to climb down a ladder of a scaffold they were working on because they were they were in a crew. It was... It was uh, quitting time, and people were going down the scaffold like you're supposed to. Well, this dude decides he don't want to wait. He's gonna walk. He's gonna climb down the side of the scaffold, and he fell and died. Not a good track record. It's a new year. It's a new year. So everything gets refreshed at the beginning of the year, but still. This is fucking bad. We're not, we're 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 like at a fucking. Uh, that's like a percentage right there. We're like 
Are we going to see a, a fatality every year now at, at one of our job sites? That's fucking, that's ridiculous. That shouldn't even be a percentage. That shouldn't even be a thing, a number, nothing. Like, fuck, man. We can't lose somebody each year. Like, that can't be our average. That's not good, you know? It's terrible, man. And I tell these guys, I have my, I've been having meetings with crews and telling them the truth because I come from the field. I was boots on the ground. I built scaffold. I was an insulator. I worked, I worked in refineries all around the world. I'm lying. All around the country. <laughs> I worked in refineries all around the country, power plants, chemical plants, all around the country for, for years, building scaffold, in, uh, doing insulation, industrial insulation, all over the place. And uh, the company... I tell them, the company is going to cover the RAS. That's what they create these forms for. The JHA, the JSA, all these documents, all these documents, all this training. You have to sign this and sign that and do this. It's because the, the company gets it in writing, and that's how they cover the RAS. You sign that document saying that you took this training and you passed it and you, you understand this and you wrote this and you're doing this. You sign here. And you don't even know what the fuck you're signing. You really didn't do what you were supposed to do. You're screwing yourself. You know, you owe it to yourself to cover your ass. Cover your ass because the company's going to cover their ass. You have to cover your ass and work for yourself. Ain't no job worth risking your life for. It'd be that one thing you do a thousand times, do it a thousand and one time, and it doesn't work. It doesn't go as planned. You know, people get way too comfortable at these job sites thinking with, with that fucking mentality of it's not going to happen to me. Oh, that shit ain't that shit ain't gonna happen to me. Nah, 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 not me. Shit, do that shit a thousand times, man. A thousand and one time you do it, it's gonna be all bad. People get way too fucking comfortable, too way too complacent, thinking that nothing's gonna happen to them until it does. Everything's all good until it ain't, man. And guess what? The company's going to try their hardest to make sure it was non-work related. They're going to deem it non-work related because they feel like you didn't do what you were supposed to do. And we didn't have any. There was nothing that the company didn't do. You just did some dumb shit to to, to hurt yourself, to create the hazard or, to, you know, to create the injury. It's your fault. The company does it all the time. Every company is going to do it. They're going to cover their ass. You know, I once heard a saying, somebody said something at a safety meeting one day. They said, there was never a job that didn't get done. The job is going to fucking get done. People are getting paid to work safe, but they choose not to work safe. They choose to say, fuck safety. Uh, I, I, I can't handle the pressure of my foreman and my superintendent on my ass. We need to get this job done. We're going to cut corners here. We're going to cut corners there. And that shit's going to cut you in the fucking throat. You're going to get somebody hurt. You're going to get yourself hurt. And it's not going to be worth it. You'll be on the fucking couch on workers' comp, disability, hating life because you can't wipe your ass because your right arm is broke or your hand's fucked up or your back's all fucked up. And you're at home. And don't nobody give a fuck about you because you got hurt and fucked things up. Just trying to finish the job, trying to get the job done. Everything's all good until somebody gets hurt, man. And then it's your fault. 
These companies don't give a fuck, man. It's all about numbers. It's all about money. You know, what is our average? What's our, what's our, sco- our, our safety record? All that shit is important for us to get more, new jobs. All these numbers matter. We do what we can. We provide all these guys with all the safety equipment, all the PPE, all the documentation, all the training. We do all this for these dudes, and they turn around and just fucking throw it all away and do some shit that's going to get them hurt. Now, I'm not saying that's what Chris was doing, but we really don't know. Um, The scaffold is 100% legit, though. The scaffold, there was nothing wrong with the scaffold. Nothing wrong with the scaffold at all. 100% 100% legit uh, green tag. You don't even need fall protection on it. There was no fucking holes, no head knockers. Uh, all the rails were there, guardrails, mid-rail, everything. It wasn't the scaffold. Something else happened that that uh, that caused that man's death. I don't know. Maybe we'll never know. But I'll tell you what, it's not fucking worth it. It's not worth putting your life on the line for this job. This man died. The company's going to help him out with a GoFundMe. Uh, I don't know how else they're going to help him out, how much they're even obligated to help him out. At the end of the day, they're probably going to say it was his fault anyway. They're going to fucking clean their hands of it, and life goes on. The guys are already back working at that place. Uh, they were back working that next Monday, the following Monday. They didn't work in that location because that area shut down until OSHA uh, says it's okay. But a whole crew of guys were already back to work that, that following Monday. Business goes on. The shit don't stop. Life goes on, you know. Don't risk your fucking life for these punk-ass companies that don't give a fuck about you, man. If you're going to go out there and work safe and, and don't go to these safety meetings saying, oh, I work safe for my family. I work safe for this. And then go out and, and fucking do some bullshit. Because then you're lying. You ain't working safe for nobody. You're not even working safe for yourself. You're putting your life at risk talking about, oh, I work for my family. You don't work for your family because if you work safe for your family, you would do the right thing. Don't stand in these safety meetings or whatever these... It is and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to work. Say, I'm going to do this. Have a safe day, you guys. And then turn around and do some bullshit. They don't make no damn sense. You're getting paid to work safe. So fucking work safe. That's the message I try to pass on to these guys, man. And I let them know I don't work for these project managers. I don't work for these superintendents. I don't have to answer to none of these motherfuckers. I, I answer to the safety director. I'm here to work for you guys. I come from the field. I know how it is. I know the pressure. I know they'd be pushing and pushing. You got to push back, though, and let them know, hey, man, this is a safety issue we have here. We have to fix before we can continue. If they got a problem with it, just tell them, hey, Vince said it's not safe to continue. Call me. I got your back. I try to help these guys out as much as I can, but sometimes they don't want to help themselves. And, and that's the construction life, man. I, you know, I can't be everywhere all the time. Me and my co, my, my partners, we can't be everywhere all the time, making sure everything's a hundred percent. You know, we do what we can, but, but the reality is, we don't have enough people to be at all the jobs all the time. So, um, it shouldn't be up to me anyway. I shouldn't, it shouldn't have to hold your hand. You know, unfortunately, a lot of people are gonna learn the hard way, man. So uh, yeah, that's what I've been dealing with this last two weeks, man. Uh, 
death of a coworker, uh, dealing with OSHA, just trying to balance things out, emotional and, and, and business side of things. Um, I hope I never have to deal with this shit again. It's the worst thing. It's the worst thing ever, man. And uh, I feel for the guys that were there there at the job and seeing Chris laying there on the ground fucking dying. Um, I would I, I would never want to have to deal with that either, man. I would never have to. I would never want to do that, man. Um, it, it don't get no worse than that, man. We go to work to fucking make a living and to provide for our people and to to pay for whatever we have to pay for, provide for whoever whoever we have to provide for, take care of whoever's depending on us. We don't go to work to get hurt and fucking die. That's not what we go to work for. That's not what we go to work for, man. So y'all be safe out there, please, man. Don't just say you're going to be safe. Don't just talk all that shit and sign that paper and go about your business and do some dumb shit out there. Really fucking do it. All right? Y'all be easy.